0: Hi and welcome to Doing Good. I'm Rob
1: Alvarez and this is Kathy Wynn. Each week we aim to bring you amazing stories from everyday people who are taking on life's challenges,
0: both big and small and along the way doing good for others.
1: We hope you enjoy these intimate conversations and thank you so much for listening. In this episode we have the privilege to chat with Wayne Kirsch. Wayne has been a race director for over 40 years he and his wife Barb own and operate Races to Run, organizing over 100 races a year in Delaware and surrounding states for nonprofit organizations to raise money and awareness for their causes. Please enjoy our stroll down memory lane with Wayne as we look back at how it all started and where we think our running community is heading.
0: Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? So glad to have you on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's definitely. Uh, an honor to have you on, and I think both Kathy and I uh, have been pretty excited to have you on.
1: <laughs> I know it was it was past four o'clock, and I said, "Is he going to give us a call already?" <laughs> I was <laughs> I was that excited because I was really looking forward to of to course. having you be part of this um, you know this movement and this conversation to inspire others to do good, which is what we're hoping to do with this particular adventure.
2: It is an adventure, <laughs> that's for sure. Sure, they all
0: are. So you certainly are a pillar in our running community, you know, here in Delaware and in the surrounding states. So were you an avid runner growing up?
2: Um, I actually was not. Uh, I started out um, in high school. I was a pretty good athlete. And to get in shape for my sports, which I learned the hard way by trying out for my ninth-grade baseball team in Mount Pleasant, not knowing that you actually had to be in shape to play baseball. <laughs> and and our baseball coach, I don't sure his name Mr. gumrod he ran us to death. And I, I said to myself, I can't believe, it. why are we running so much for a game? You know, because I played Little League,
3: yeah.
2: and, you know, we never – and Babe Ruth, we never had to do all this running stuff. So, so I learned a lesson that – and I said to myself, if I ever – go out for other other sports, I got to get in shape. So then I started playing football. And um, we lived right behind the Mount Pleasant High School track. And I would go I would hop the fence and I would do two miles on the track. Um, And I never really thought much of it. It was just and then I do my wind sprints and, and on and on. And so you know, I was um, then I went to Delaware. And all my high school sports were behind me, and Tubby Raymond did recruit me, but uh, I wasn't good enough, and I knew it, you know, to play with the big boys. And Tubby mm-hmm. wanted to move me, move positions, and I oh. did not want to do that. But anyway, um, I, my freshman year, uh, I commuted my first semester because they had no rooms available at the University of Delaware. And my second semester, I lived in Rodney dorm, which is now knocked down. I guess they're making a park or whatever there.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so my college roommate was from Brandon High School, and he was a cross-country runner. And we're just hanging out one afternoon, and he goes, Let's go for a run. I said, Why? I said, Why? He goes, He goes, Come on, give me company. And I said, Okay. So I had on a pair of like Stan Smith tennis shoes or some pair of Adidas. (laughs) I I didn't have any running shoes back then. And we went out right across the street, Dalham Road. I'll never forget Dahlem, you know, Dahlem Road. And we ran all the way down Dahlem Road, a little cul-de-sac, turned around and came back. So it was a mile out and a mile back. And he stuck with me the whole time. And, yeah. you know, we would stop a little walk and, and I didn't think much of it. I just think yeah, that was cool. And he, and the next day he goes, come on, let's go. <laughs> I said, we could do this again. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> after about a, a week, um, we didn't run every day, but you know, like three or four times I ran with them. I really started to enjoy it. And I noticed that mm. I started to lose weight. And as you know, in college, especially as a freshman, oh my God, it's so easy yeah. to eat everything in sight and put freshman on weight.
1: 15, yeah. don't, don't remind me. Yeah. I, I was freshman yeah. 25. If you can believe yeah, it. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate. And so I kept it up. And then I went into uh, my fraternity. I joined fraternity um, the next year when I was a sophomore, and I joined ATO. And I'll never forget Billy Harmon, who coaches at uh, Wilmington Friends School, and I believe he does the Q&A basketball and radio. Um, Robin Dunlap uh, were fraternity brothers, and they came back one Sunday late afternoon. And they had on a Caesar Rodney Half Marathon T-shirt. Now this goes back 1972 or three. And I said, well, "What's the Caesar Rodney Half Marathon?" They go, oh, "We just ran this 13 mile race in Wilmington, Delaware." I said, "Get out! You guys ran 13 miles!" They <laughs> said, "Yeah," and, I, and I'm only running two miles a day. So I said, "Wow, that's pretty cool." So I started picking up the pace a little bit. And my college roommate um, Jeff Cooper was, uh, who ended up becoming the Philadelphia Phillies uh, trainer forever. He oh, just cool. retired a couple of years ago. Um, he worked for Roy Rylander. It was the uh, big uh, guru at the University of Delaware, and he came over to me and he said, "What size shoe do you wear?" I said, "I'm a nine or nine and a half." And he goes, "Hold on." He go, runs out to his car, and he brings me in this pair of tiger on a suka (laughs) tiger pintos and 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 i said what the (laughs) hell are these (laughs) yeah yeah and he goes these are running shoes and i said get out so i mean they were literally a piece of nylon with a piece of rubber on the bottom and they weighed (laughs) nothing and so i went out and i ran my two miles in them and i felt like i had nothing on my feet which i didn't but boy my legs were sore because there was no padding so, you know, I used them occasionally, but otherwise I was still running in my, you know, heavy um, basketball shoes or whatever, knock yeah. <laughs> shoes. So finally, yeah. um, he got me another pair of the, they were called uh, Tiger Bangkok's, which had more support and they were better. I could wear those all the time. And that's how I pretty much started my running career. So I kept running. Uh, was that during University college? Of Delaware. Yeah, through okay. college. And since I was running and I was a fraternity boy, they put me on the cross. I mean, the uh, we had a cross country intramural team, oh. and believe it or not, we started. Uh, it was on Creek Road, but instead of starting up by, um, oh gee, up by uh, Cleveland, it was on the other end by White Clay Creek State Park, yeah. and we ran down. And it was I think three like miles, two and a half. No, it was on the road. It was oh, on the road. Okay. It's just blocked off now. Oh, okay, and and you know I was respectable i didn't finish last and it was my <laughs> first race race ever and um it was really cool you know i mean it was really really cool so um when i finished uh the university of delaware i i, I did play rugby when i was at delaware for five years mm-hmm. um and then when i did finish uh i really didn't know what i wanted to do uh in my life and one of my buddies goes, do you want to join me and drive up to Maine to visit so-and-so? And I said, well, I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, let's go. So we hopped in his uh, little BMW 2002, and we took off. And he goes, we're going to stop in Cambridge and visit another friend of ours and spend the night, and then we'll head up to Kennebunk. I said, okay. So we get to Cambridge, and I see this corner flatstone building and on the wall it says a sign Marathon Sports and mm-hmm. I said Jeff you gotta pull over you gotta pull over he goes what's for I said oh I gotta check out this store you know it's a running store now this was nineteen seventy end of seventy five I guess going into seventy six I get in the fall and I walk in and I, I still remember the owner Howard Seagram's isn't that amazing I still remember the dude's uh-huh. name and I walk in and I see all these running shoes on a wall and was pictures that the first of runners store
0: you you went then I was ever into? in yeah wow. <laughs> first one i was ever in
2: so i walked and i went in and you know and i didn't buy anything i probably should have but i didn't buy anything but i had kept in touch with this guy howard because when i came out and i got in the car with jeff and i looked at him and i said to my buddy i said jeff i just found out what i'm going to do in life I swear. And he goes, <laughs> wow. what's that? And I said, I'm going to open up a chain of running shoe stores. And, you know, He goes, okay. So we went up to Kenny Buck, you know, and I would go out and run up there. And, you know, in the woods, it was beautiful. And we come back, I get back to Delaware. And I started researching um, different, you know, the Adidas. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, I researched um, Brooks was back then. Um, Nike of course, uh, Asics Tiger, New Balance and um, everyone I called said, well you know we'd love to help you but you need a location And I yeah. said, oh I said I guess I do don't I you know kind of said because I, I was looking I said I haven't finalized that, but I'm waiting to hear from a landlord So it ended up that I was able to rent the down because I lived in next to the YMCA mm-hmm. which is now a parking lot. And it was on a flat iron building and Vince Yeoman owned it. My brother and I lived upstairs. And it was one block from the Central Y. And a guy from the News Journal, when the News Journal was in Wilmington back then, um, Eighth and Orange, uh, he he gave notice. So downstairs was empty. And I went to my landlord, I said, Hey Vince, I said, I'm thinking about opening up a running store. I said, you know, can I rent your property? He goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, all these people run from the Central Y, and they run right past my, right, right past our place, and they go out to Rockford Park around the Brandywine. He said, um, when do you want to start? And I said, I'm working on, you know, my vendors, la it on he goes, okay. He goes, how about, you know, in three months, I'll, you know, I'll let you rent in three months. I said, that's great. Huh. So <laughs> I said, how much? I go, how much? He goes, $250. I said, wow. for Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, so now here I am on the bottom floor of an old Victorian house. And, uh, you know, I fixed it up and I got everybody, including Nike. I had to drive to um, uh, Red Bank, New Jersey to deal with the sales rep because he would, wouldn't answer any of my Phone calls. Now you have to remember, this was before cell yeah, phones, yeah. before laptops. Um, there were so fax Were they already back sort then. of
0: big time? Like
2: Nike, no, nobody back? was around. Nobody, uh. no, nobody was around back then. Al Sporting Goods was. <laughs> um, so I um I, I I drove there and I knocked on the guy's door and he opened it up and he was so impressed that I would drive there that he opened me up and nobody was requiring money. I mean, I just said, well, I want these <laughs> shoes. I want them shipped here, you know. And I said, I have a check with me, you know. And he goes, okay, you know, we place the order. And I said, I'll give you half now and half when the order comes in. Okay. So the only company I couldn't get a hold of was New Balance. Hmm. So I'm going to take a step back because I think it's a fascinating story. And back when I was a sophomore in high in college. um, I ran the university's uh, campaign for Joe Biden. I was oh, the liaison yeah. before with Joe Biden and Paula Levine was was the worker he brought in from Boston to run the campus. And I would set up coffees. I would do uh, organized lit drops and I would recruit all the students um, to do this stuff. And then I would go pick Joe up at four o'clock in the morning and we'd be at General Motors were chrysler shaking hands with the workers as they would ship doing shift changes so you know i i grew up with the biden family and they trusted me and that's why valerie the sister was the one who asked me to get involved and to do this so i became very good friends with paula levine and we worked really well together and it was a storefront and i think it's actually where right around where the Delaware running company is or used to be right around in that area. You know, and they, it's been knocked down and since renovated. So anyway, Joe had, this was 1974, no, 72, I guess it was when he ran. And then after he would, he, um, no, 74. And then after, uh, he, he was in office, he had a get together of all the people who helped him, you know, get elected as a 29 year old, uh, Senator. And, it was at his house and Paula Levine came down from Boston. She goes, Well, what are you doing now? And I said, Well, I'm opening up an athletic shoe store. <laughs> and she goes, Really? Yeah, she's from Boston in the Boston Marathon. And she goes, oh, You're yeah. carrying she goes, Are you carrying new balance? And I said, I said, Paula, I said, Of all the companies, that's the one I really want to get. <laughs> and and I can't get through to the people. And she goes, Well, I can set that up for you. And I said, Really? She I said, how she goes, my college roommate is Jim Davis's wife. And Jim Davis back then was a 40 year old who was New Balance, you know, oh, New wow. Balance. Oh, wow. And I <laughs> said, are you kidding? She goes, yeah. So she goes, what's your number? And I gave it to her. Yeah, I gave it to her. She goes, let me make a phone call. So she calls me back. She goes, here, call this number. It's Jim's uh, secretary. Um, they're expecting your call. I said, really? I said, okay. So I am you know, 22 years old. So you know, I'm fearless. So <laughs> I call I call. Uh, I hope I'm not boring you with this. No, this no continue. <laughs> so I call up there and she goes, Oh, Mr. Davis is expecting you. When can you come up to Boston? And I turn to my brother Ray, um, and I said, right, you got to go with me because <laughs> you know, he was the actual one who loaned me ten thousand dollars to you know get my business started, um, which I have paid him back. But but anyway, um, he he goes, he goes, well, how about Friday? I said, yeah, it was Tuesday, I believe. So I call and you know, I called back and I said, hey, we can be up there Friday, you know, after lunch. She goes, OK, that's fine. You know, let's say one o'clock. I said, perfect. So at the time, you could just go to the airport, Philadelphia airport. And get on a plane it was 99 dollars round trip to boston we went up in the morning came back that afternoon got a rent a car and we went to watertown massachusetts and it was an old factory and walked in and you know here i am like i'm a kid in a candy store um my eyeballs are bulging, I'm looking at everything, and I like it here is like machines running of people making shoes. Wow.
3: So we
2: go in that we go into Mr. Davis's office and his secretary gets up and introduces herself. She goes, Mr. Davis is waiting for you. So we walk into his office and he has all this paraphernalia all over his walls, really cool stuff, you know? And it was right when the 320 came out as the number one shoe in Runners World. Um and I sit down and he you know, he goes, Oh, Paula talks so highly of you and on and on. He goes, But before we do business, he goes, Let's take a walk around. I wanna show you the factory. I said, Oh my God, I'm getting a tour. You know, Mr. Davis, you know, and my brother and I look at each other and he he goes, come on. so he takes us and he shows us like, here's where they're making the soles of the shoes. Here's how they make the uppers. And here are these guys sanding down the soles to fit them on the shoes and how they glue them together. And Oh my God, it was like hardwood plank floors. And it was, it was phenomenal. Okay. So we go back, sit in his office and he goes, So what can we do for you? And I said, Wow, well, Mr. Davis, I'm opening up an athletic shoe store and you know, I'm really excited. I'd love to carry the new balance line of shoes. And and I was wearing, believe it or not, on my feet, a pair of the New Balance Tracksters, they were <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean
2: and they were I'll never forget, they were um blue and they were a shade they were dark blue, but they were two tone. And they looked like bowling shoes on those, but they were they were um, suede. And, and he looked at my feet and he, he noticed that right away. <laughs> so, so, um, he goes, well, let's put an order together. And he goes, how much, you know, how many shoes you want? How much do you want? And I said, Well, how about a thousand dollars? And he goes, oh, he goes, let me put an order together. And it came out to $2,000. Okay. Uh-huh. And I said, and I brought a check with me and I said, I'd like to pay for that. Now he goes, no, he goes, when you get the shipment in, we're going to invoice you. You'll have 30 days to pay. I mean, I said, wow, I mean, you know, I got (laughs) no credit. I have nothing. So I get the shoes in and um, New Balance came out as the number one shoe in runner's world. And um, they sold out right away. And in the meantime, as soon as I got the shoes, you know, I sent them their checks. So, you know, I have a nice credit now with, Mm -hmm. you know, with uh, New Balance. And uh, so that that's how I kind of got into business. And. It was really, you know, so many. I have so many stories. Oh my God, so many stories. So, um, what do
0: you think God gave you that idea? Or got well, you to want there was a start the store.
2: Yeah, there was a need. Um,
3: uh.
2: I will never forget. I put in. Because, you know, there was no Facebook back then, and I couldn't afford advertising in the news journal. But Runner's Road was everybody's running magazine. Wow. And in the okay. back, they had what was called Marketplace, and it was a dollar a line. And I put in, um, for all your running shoe needs, uh, you know, come see us. And my marathon, I was the marathon store back then um, with my 623 Delaware Avenue and a phone number and oh my god my phone started ringing off the hook people were coming in from new jersey pennsylvania i mean i had an instant winner on my hands Wow! so yeah so then my landlord
0: how did people get there so were they they just seeking out stores i wonder how people because now Uh, you can just go on Yeah, now you just go online. Online and order your shoes. But back then, then, I I wonder how people got their running shoes.
2: Well, let me tell you what we did. Um, Etonic had a program where they would give me one free pair of shoes to give to a good runner as a, hey, here, you know, try these. So (laughs) I got to know, you know, Tom Fort, who was president of the Delaware Sports Club, and you know tom came into the store and you know we start talking and we you know I, you know and he introduced himself and i signed up as you know delaware sports club member and started volunteering and on and on i said hey tom i said which size shoe do you wear and he goes i don't know whatever size it was i said i said etonic has a program they want you to test out these shoes so hey, tom got the shoes and you know he was also race director of Cesar rodney back then um and he would actually mark a course with a couple of cans of spray paint in his hands and the day before go out and paint our little arrows on the ground. So runners would know where they were going. And he, you know, I mean, that's how funky <laughs> it was back then. So anyway, so Tom, um, had to remeasure the course and the starting line was literally in front of my store. And oh, we nice. put on how the,
1: convenient. The,
2: Yeah, yeah. And the entry form back then was a one page, one sheet of paper uh, entry form, and it had a marathon store with the address, um, 20 percent discount on your running shoes, you know, for a couple of days or whatever during the race, you know, before and after the race. And oh, my God, there were a lot of people waiting to get into my store. It was like nuts. You know, and so all you know, that back then I think there was maybe four hundred people running Cesar Rodney, if that. Um, but I had an instant, you know, base of, of yeah. runners who who got to spread the word out. And uh did, you know, did anybody one...
0: ever come in there with no shoes and buy shoes and then run the race? <laughs> um I don't
2: think that. Uh I mean I've had uh, no, but I remember uh, like Keith Carpenter going to Boston and forgetting his shoes and having to buy a new pair of shoes at the <laughs> expo and then running in a new pair of shoes. And oh my God, his feet look like, uh, oh, when they finish, they're all blistered up and everything. <laughs> but um, oh, I've had some crack. I've had, you know, you name the celebrity I've had from Delaware. They came in and bought shoes from me. Oh, and it was a really neat way to network uh, from Joe Biden to, to, you know, Tom Carper with a long time. Uh, customer. And one of the funny stories is when I did become race director of the Caesar Rodney, um, what happened was we had trouble getting enough volunteers to really make it a lot bigger. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I said to Tom, this is after I started doing races. I said, Tom, we have to bring in a beneficiary. I said, let them make some money and they'll provide us with a volunteer base and he goes, that's a great idea. Who would you like to work with? And I said, and I was working with Vicky Dickinson at the time on the, okay, I think it was the Vertical Challenge. So I um, contacted them, and it ended up that okay, they took over the race. The Delaware Sports Club would make a thousand dollars as like a, you know, uh, buy-in. You know, okay, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to pay you. Mm-hmm. And um, the Caesar Rondi all of a sudden became my race with a lot of you know and it continued then it, now it started to grow but what we needed was a major sponsor so this guy comes into my store and he's in a real hurry he goes, hey i need a pair of Saucony Jazz or whatever size 10 and i go don't you want to try them on he goes no i got a, I got a big meeting to go to i said really i said who do you work with he goes well, i'm president of uh, Mellon bank i <laughs> said well wait a second i said you ever run the caesar rodney he goes i'm training for it and i said i said i want you to run when you run this race and you finish we finish right at your headquarters on the corner there which is now citizens bank i guess uh-huh. um i said we finish right there i said i would love to talk to you about becoming a title sponsor so like 2 days after the um rodney i get a call from his secretary i think his name was waters mr waters Sounds familiar. He gives me a call and he goes, "Hey, can we meet?" And that's how we got citizen Mellon Citizens Bank to oh, become wow. a title sponsor. And they were there for years as a sponsor for years. And then when they were bought out by Citizens Bank, um, the Philadelphia group took it over. Um, and then they kept us on for a few years. And then they went with the one of the big Philadelphia races instead. So they they cut us out. And then. You know, after 30 years or so, I I resigned as race director, Cesar Rodney. We just had a difference of opinions.
0: At the time, was Cesar Rodney the premier race in Delaware? Oh,
2: God, yes. God, everybody, they all said, are you running the Rodney? That's what everybody, nobody said, called this are you running the Rodney? And, yeah, and it was always the uh, month before the Boston Marathon, always. So that way, you get a good hill workout, and then you're ready to run the Boston Marathon. And we had people come from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, oh, my God, everywhere to run this race. And it's still, to this day, the oldest continuous half marathon in the United States, 55 years. Yeah, yeah. And I watched it grow. We got it up to about 2,000 people. Um, And, you know, we had to change courses a few times because of, construction obviously at 141 you know and uh all the rows being changed and you know when i look back at the days of when we would run i don't know if you were ever familiar with what we called the old course um it started you know right around rodney square and ran out south park drive over the augustine cutoff up past watermaker hill up watermaker hill through Alapocas, and you hit 141 and you take the left at dupont country club and it's straight downhill to the Brandywine, past Brandywine Creek State Park, and then you run Route 100, um, you know, pretty much back to yeah, Rockford that's Park. Not, definitely and not a down, flat
3: area. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. And,
2: and it's because I'm very good friends with Craig Holmes, who holds still to this day the record of 104, 64 minutes on that course. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, 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 it's incredible. So, you know, what happens, and then it, so then it was the turkey trot, um, that's been going on thirty oh, some the years. Trot brings Yeah, back and it was a ten. It was a ten k only, and and I kid the people. I kid the uh, New Parks and Rec, um, uh, Jimmy Spadafina, because I said, you know, I, I say, this is the only course that every year it never changes i said look at all these houses around here all these new developments but it's the same
3: course you know
2: <laughs> so it really is fascinating that it, it actually you know roads haven't changed they've added you know but it's the same course <laughs> and then after that the um icicle run started as a 17.76 event uh part of the bicentennial ah, and that became okay. a 10 mile yeah that. i, I took that every years later and oh. gave a 10-mile.
0: So what led so. you to organizing races? I
2: uh, know. Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, a, a customer of mine, Bill Barlow, was the executive director of the American Cancer Society. And he came in and he put a pair of new ballots, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> and we started talking. And he goes, Wayne, he goes, this was 1970, end of 1977. And he goes, would you be willing to put on a quote mini marathon for the American Cancer Society? Hmm. And I said, you know, I've never done that, but you know, yeah, you Sounds know, like a good I challenge was, <laughs> I said, yeah, exactly, exactly. I said, yeah, I'll help you out. So the best thing I ever did was. Obviously, you guys know Doug White. God yes. bless him. Mm. And he was hanging out at my store all the time. I mean, You know, and we became very good friends. Mm. And I called him up and I said, Doug, I need your help because he was running races in Reading, Pennsylvania back then um, and running other races beside Boston. And I said, you know, I want to put on this mini marathon for uh, Cancer Society. I need your help. OK, so we picked a date. And it was in the spring of 78, because I opened up my business in 77 and was approached to do it in the fall of 77. And that gave us time to get it all organized. And we chose um, Baynard Stadium is where we were going to okay. uh, start and finish. But And we ran two loops around the Brandywine, and then we finished on the track. And back then, we actually we had 283 people. And they caught it a mini marathon because there were no five K's back then. They were all 10 K's or longer. And it was a 10 K and Doug measured it. And the start was in front of Sally's and we finished on the track of Baynard stadium. And my first race I ever timed was with a little clicker machine that would give you a place and a time. (laughs) <laughs> and we handed everybody a Popsicle stick with a number on it when they finished. And they would go to a scorer's table and hand us, you know, their Popsicle stick and fill out a little sheet of, you know, paper. And that's how we got the results. It was insane. Um,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a, how we run our uh, middle school cross-country. I know, races. right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we edit those uh, popsicle sticks and their number I'm and they like, get in line, give us give us your name.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's and it works, you know. And yeah, that's so how cool. we did it in the old days. We're so, so I'm glad you can relate now. to no, I'm glad you yeah. can relate to that. I don't know about
0: so. doing that for like two or three 300- <laughs> hundred people though
2: yeah well it was interesting <laughs> you know and we you know you try and tell people here's your pops here's the scorer's table you know uh it got complicated even though it really wasn't but um we raised twelve thousand dollars wow. and a little blurb was put in the newspaper um you know mini marathon raises twelve thousand dollars and robbie wow. my phone started ringing off the hook
3: really
2: and yeah wow, wow. and i said and I was doing, you know, starting to do these events, and I did them all for free because I thought that would bring in business to my running store, gotcha. which it did. So um, when was that? Then, sorry, you
0: know, when what year was that? Then the I was seventy
2: eight, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just, it was just insane, uh, and I, um, you know, basically was doing you know, not a lot of races but you know a handful of races and one thing led to another where i finally got to the point where i started charging you know to do these races because um you know it was a revenue source so
0: basically. how like how at that at the beginning how many a year were you were you trying oh, to God, do maybe
2: maybe one or two a month okay. with that oh wow okay yeah, that's yeah, still yeah, part a of few from yeah from like nothing oh, yeah. and just people calling oh, yeah. you up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you're still trying to uh, run a
0: shoe store.
2: Yeah, and then I was doing, I was doing what was called the uh, Marathon Sports Summer Series out at Rockford Park. And then you could run a quarter mile, a one mile run, or a four mile run,
3: wow.
2: and it was free. And you know, people would come out, and then afterwards we would provide sodas back then, you know, <laughs> refresh kind of simple refreshments nice as part of a courtesy of my my business. And you know, we'd get 150 people come out and run. Um, so you know, it was really a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, it was. Pure, pure running back then. You know know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Pure, pure people just coming out for the love of the sport and uh, meeting people. And uh, then we used to go to Galusio's afterwards and, you know, get a big table and have pizza and beer. And, you know, it's just it was so much fun back then. It's, you know, and I was able to, you know, watch this little business grow. And
0: So I know, I think 1991, you finally decided to just transition fully to doing Yeah, races. you know,
2: interesting. Yeah, my wife and I, that's when I married my Barbie, and uh, I yeah. met Barbie um, through the Ronald McDonald House when, in 1990, she asked me to organize. She was on the first board of the Ronald McDonald House, uh-huh. and she ran in my races, but, you know, I didn't get to know her that well, and then when she got on the board, she approached me to put on a race for, you know, the Ronald McDonald House, and Thirty one years later, <laughs> we're still married and, <laughs> and uh, you know, we donate our services, uh, you know, to the Ronald McDonald House. And uh, it's our pet charity. And it's been a pleasure. And uh, the reason I went from retail, I, I also had a store in North Wilmington in, in Talleyville that I opened up in oh God, the mid to late 80s. And I ended up selling that to the athlete's foot franchise. And I also expanded to Westchester. And after a year or two, I sold that to my manager of that store. Um, So, you know, I was doing a lot of the races, more and more races. Uh, So in 91, we went to visit her parents in Florida. And the Persian Gulf War hit. And and I turned to Barb and I I said, Barb, things are going to be different when we go home. I have Mm. a feeling that business is not going to be the same. And then the DuPont company for the very first time in its history downsized. And you have to remember my main business was downtown Wilmington and we would do a sale and, oh my God, you know, I mean, we'd kill it. I mean, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we did a sale and nobody was coming yeah. in,
3: yeah.
2: nobody, you know, and, and the nail that hit it on the coffin would just seal the deal was, um, it was in July and a dude came in and, you know, I was basically surviving all my races, paying my bills and a dude came in and goes, you have a size nine, such and such a shoe and i said yeah and i go back and get it and i put it on the counter he goes how much and i said they're 49.95 he goes can you discount it and i said well why <laughs> you know and he goes well i can get it five dollars cheaper at i think it was dick's sporting goods in the concord wow. mall or one of those stores in the concord mall and and I guess he caught me on a bad day. <laughs> and, I him, and I said to him, I said, to, you know, it's 92 degrees outside. I said, if you want to get in your car and drive out there to save $5, be my guest. <laughs> and he walked out the door. And I went home and I told my wife, I said, Barb, I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, you know, I, I, I want to um, get out of the retail business and I just want to put on my races. And she goes, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. So I ended up selling off all my inventory, and we also carried a great line called Patagonia um as a you yeah, know, you know as a good, a diversion, great brand, yeah, great yeah. line. And sold out everything. And now I had owned, I bought a property across from the old Ninth Street bookstore, and I you know as a self-employed person. Um, you know, I look at long-term investment. And I said, mm-hmm. well, if I'm in business, I might as well pay myself rent. So I bought this property. I renovated it. It was gorgeous. So I rented it out, and I got AT&T to come in. Net, net, net. They were in there for over 17 years. Wow. And I was making more money as a landlord <laughs> than I was, you know, in the retail. And, and, you know, life was good. You know, I'm putting all my raises. Um, my wife was working, you know, worked forever for the state of Delaware. So we had our health benefits. And, um, you know, it was next. And I tell this to people next to marrying my wife, Barbie. It was probably the best decision I ever made of uh, getting out of the retail business and getting into uh, just sports management.
1: And now we have uh, it on recording for Barb, Barbie to hear. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, good. That's right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, You won't let me forget it. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been a wonderful ride for us. 43 that's years amazing. going on, 44 years. And um, I, I just, you know, I've done anywhere from the mile to the marathon, you know, we had for 14 years. We we did a 50-mile event for Judge Gordon and his son-in-law, Mike Hanrahan, who ran from Dover to Wilmington. Um, I mean, we've done so many neat, neat stuff. And, you know, and I've watched how the industry has changed, as, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are waynos, I call them, all over the country now. Uh, every city, every little town has somebody like me putting on races, and uh, you know, people go, "Why aren't you getting, you know, 500 people at this race anymore?" And I go, "Because there's 500 more races on our weekend."
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, you I know? think yeah, you you and Barb definitely have changed the or have had a really huge impact in really building I think the running community. I mean, I, I don't know if there would be a running community that we have. now if it wasn't for for what you you guys did in you know in the 90s and just building it so yeah and what's interesting to me is um you know running the running sports and it's good to hear kind of some of the history from you because what what when i was thinking about it the other day i was like the running sport it is unique in that the most events in running have a charity that it benefits. I don't know if there's any other sport really that that does that. I'm like so I'm like thinking we need to ask Wayne what is what does he think that is? yeah I mean, even that's the bigger a great question. some of the bigger events, you know, yeah. they have a charity that you know kind of a title charity that right. they raise money for. Yep. What do you think that is? Have you thought that's about a good
2: that? question. It's um you know running is such an individual sport and And I guess the um, people from like, say, the rock and roll people, you know, we put on, uh, I I was on the board of leukemia and we put on a, uh, you know, they they invited me to be a coach for the mayor's Midnight Sun. Uh, And I said, you know, I really don't want to be a coach, but I will run that marathon and raise my $4,000 or whatever it was. Uh And it ended up that there were six of us who went to Alaska, one of the greatest experiences of my life. And the six of us raised $37,000. And that's six people. So just like, just like, you know, the rock and roll people, all of a sudden that was for leukemia who had, um, you know, the, uh, idea to put these together. Now every charity in the book has come up with a similar game plan. Um, you know, even Joe McDonough, uh, Be Positive. He sends people somewhere, they raise their funds, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're seeing, wow, six people raise thirty six thousand dollars. You know, and whereas so all these charities started to get into it, and then you know, like even the Caesar Rodney changed to a beneficiary. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was a way of companies, I mean, of charities just realizing how important sports marketing is and sports is to raising funds. They, they can't count on the charity. I mean, the uh, big business all the time They continue to, you know, feed them, uh, you know, to support them. Like when times are really bad, I guess 2008 when the market tanked and everything and um, the, uh, Big companies were cutting back on do- making donations. Oh, my God. My phone was ringing off the hook again because th- this charity's not getting any money from, you know, the big guys. And they want to they need to raise money. Mm-hmm. And we start putting on the races. And um, yeah, so it's funny because you're right. You know, when you look at like the Philadelphia Phillies, they put on their Phillies 5K. Um When you look at this uh Flyers, they put on a 5K, but every game that they go to, every game that they put on now, it's, know, you know, exactly. big, big money it's business. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, they have their pet charities. Um So there's a lot of competition
3: out there.
0: But I think G-less. if you think about it, though, it's it's a great way to get individuals involved, like a good num, a large number of people involved and also to raise awareness you know so i think it really does another benefit not only raising money but yeah but getting that awareness getting people really actively involved in supporting well look what kathy does
2: with her running the la
1: marathon Uh, well and i was just gonna say it makes the the running miles much more meaningful you know yeah
2: and and i see it all the time you know when i look and see who's raising funds and Oh, my God, this person's raised $8,000. Well, there's a reason that they raised either 8000 They either had breast cancer. They either had a family member. you see what I'm saying? And it's their way of giving back because they're so blessed, just like you, Kathy, to be alive mm-hmm. and to be able to support such a wonderful, you know, uh, how do you want to put it? You know, the support that they received when they were ill or lost a loved one. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And just to uh, follow up on on what you just said, you know, I know we had our our little candid conversation before uh, our interview here. But uh, the one main reason why I wanted to um, have you as one of our interviewees was because I I know you've done so much for uh, the racing community, especially here in Delaware. And I really wanted to highlight your, your great work. Um, oh, and I'm you. proud and I'm proud to say that, although I never really liked running, I actually hated <laughs> running. Um, it was really mainly, it came, it came about really quickly, uh, sidetrack here it came about from a bucket list to do a sprint marathon, a uh, sprint triathlon. And then, you know, oh, really? you know, there's, it's the, as you know, a triathlon is a swim bike run, um, yep. a really meany one, and uh, so por- obviously running is part of the, uh, <laughs> is one of the r- right. regiment, Ooh. and and if you really think about it, running is probably one of the easiest sport because you just need a pair of shoes and you lace up and you go, you know, yes, you don't need to drive so anywhere, right. you just start from your house and wherever wherever you're at. So anyhow, um, I, I'm proud to say that my first ever ever official race was back in two thousand and nine. It was the uh the turkey trot. There long we sto- go. Yeah, long story short. I I've yeah. made my goal. I didn't wanna I, I told myself you're not gonna you're not gonna walk, you're gonna run the whole thing and I did. And uh as you know, um this this really this story really brings um back really good memories of just you and me and, and running and, and doing good. Um, so as you know, in, in 2015, I had my brain aneurysm and, um, fortunately I recovered quite quickly. That was in March, March of 2015. And then I told myself, all right, I am going to try to run that first ever race again in November. November 2015. Really? Yep. My turkey trot. Yes, your turkey trot. I, I didn't said, know you know, that. I, I said, I, I um, know that. if I said if I if I can put one foot over the other, then I'm going to go back to where this all started, which was the turkey trot. And I remember seeing you that morning. I said, Hey, Wayne, um, this is Kathy. I just want to let you know I'm I'm going to be running L.A. Marathon as my comeback race. Um, hashtag Run L.A. with Kathy, and I would love your support. And you, without any hesitation, you said, please remind me, send me an email, and you got my support. And I sent you an email uh, a couple months later, and five years later, and you were still an avid supporter and a friend. And... And that's why I wanted to do this interview with you, not just to know about all the cool little stories um, about how you became a race director and um, had such influence on the racing community, but I I wholeheartedly wanted to to thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so I truly appreciate what you've done for for all of us, Um, you know, for other new um, race directors that are... um, you know, coming into this platform. Um, but also I, I wanted to highlight that, you know, majority of the time race directors are always behind the scenes and they don't really take credit for all the work that they put into it, the organization, the uh the logistics and all that, but the all the charities and organizations that you support at each and every race. And I think that's really commendable and um people need to to understand that, you know, you're You know, you're like a legend to me, you know, I, Um, (laughs) so I appreciate your friendship. And uh, again, it's a, it's, it's just so wonderful talking to you about running and, and how appropriate today is global running day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it on Facebook. Yeah, exactly.
0: The one thing that Kathy leaves out though, that she was for, for one, one year, really it was only one weekend. She was. One of your competition she was actually a race director for for one event (laughs) it was a super unofficial it was we now you know what i go through (laughs) (laughs) exactly she and a friend um organized this run walk event thing we did at glasgow park Um, and it was it was it snowed that day it was to raise money for um for the haiti earthquake relief Mm -hmm. Oh okay. Um, yeah, this uh-huh. uh, I forget what year it was. Uh, right. But um yeah, so that was she dipped her toe into Oh my goodness. From race getting, directing. That was that was it I That know. was her only one.
1: Yeah. From getting volunteers yeah. to getting a permit, I was like, "Oh my goodness. This is one and done." But you know, it 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 made me, you know, it it was so it was just makes you appreciate. Uh, what yeah, goes it's, absolutely. All that, you know? And everybody the, and, should try it once. Let yeah. Me tell you. <laughs> and at the end of the everybody day, should. the the That's, donations that came in just made the uh, the hard work worthwhile. Yeah. yeah.
2: And you know we're, we really are fortunate because you know I'm I'm 60. I'll be 67 years old in July. Um, you know I have a lot of energy and I love doing what I'm doing, and you know I know I'm in the fourth quarter. I'm in the fourth quarter of my work. It's it's pretty obvious. And it's it's good to see, you know, Tim Bamforth down the Seashore Striders does a great job. Uh, Ray Parker's in Dover. He does a very nice job. Uh, Nick's doing a great job in Newark. Um, so it's, you know, Jimmy Walsh is Delaware Timing. He doesn't do a whole lot, but, you know, he gets the job done at the right price. And, you know, and, you know, it's good to know that when I'm when I move on that, you know, things will be fine. You know, there'll be a lot of races going on and, uh, Delaware, you know, everywhere I go, my God, it has more races (laughs) per capita than anywhere I've ever seen. And, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, we've got, we've got, you know, such a great, great running community. And, uh, you know, I'm just so, so happy to be a part of it and uh, be able to talk to people like you who've taken another step further with your podcasts and uh, interviews, and um, it it's, it really is special. It really is. So thank you for having me today.
0: Thank you. Yeah. The the one thing I, I I wanted to share a story for myself too, because you know, and I like to breathe to weigh in after I share my story. Sure. Can, on the the topic of impact that the sport of running has for you know not only the charities, the 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 people that benefit from the charities, but also the athletes that participate because um, I actually ran in the very first Delaware Marathon. Well, which is no, kind of the official the two thousand four. I guess it was the, the country. Two, the four hop. loop, yeah. cor-
2: the four loop course.
0: Yeah, so it was. Well, uh-huh. I didn't run the marathon. I ran the four person relay. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. six point five mile. Yeah, that was the longest race <laughs> I had run today. Really? You know, I I grew up running track and and yeah. cross country, but. You know that's like three, you know, five k at most. Right. So that was that was long Good for, for me. You. Wow, um,
2: that was the one from Froley Stadium. Wasn't yes. It?
0: yes, and it was oh it was God. awesome. I mean, I still have a picture you know Kathy. Kathy obviously like she just shared. She did not like running I at did all. Not, I, I was like, why are you doing go this? Go there to cheer me on during <laughs> my leg. I um, felt oh, that. You know, I had was, no idea. You know, and obviously that was the very first one. So you know, very different that it is now oh, yeah. I mean you guys have, yeah. have really made it an incredible event but I think the one thing too is that so we went back in 2010 and ran the four person relay Kathy and I with a couple of friends yeah um,
1: no it was 2012 2000- it was two. Okay, oh, so oh, 10 oh oh ten. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was the was three. It was the three Park Asian and then? a Caucasian. That was our first oh, four. I remember <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. 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 Was that was that a Tubman Park then yes. or was yes. it still, yes. and okay? It's, so it's... that was when we first moved to Tubman yes. Park.
1: Yes. Yes. You moved it to Tubman.
0: Okay. Because so that you know okay. that like for me that was my sort of the start of me trying to get back to get my health back. You I was uh-huh. kind of getting borderline uh, diabetic and I I was really? a lot of weight and so that was the very start of that year was the very start of me kind of getting back into running and and that event kind of was a big catalyst because after we ran that race i mean the atmosphere i think what's great in
2: it was pretty cool wasn't it that that relay transition area I'll never oh my gosh. It was the
1: best yeah, it, is awesome. it was, yeah. so much it was mean, a party i mean
2: everybody's screaming as you come across the line and the relay mm-hmm. transition i'll never forget it yeah yeah.
0: But, you know, because it's it's, it's sort of big, but it's still cozy because it's Delaware, you know, it's you exactly. Know, it, it was, and after that, I said, right, "When when's the next race we're going to do? And, yeah, you know, you know,
2: that's the beauty of running. You know, you run a race and the next thing you know, you start looking for another event.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, people ask me, w- who are these people? Are they people who support the cause or just run races? I said, actually, it's both. I said, a lot of it depends on the timing of the race. Um, you know, and a lot of the people who run our races, it's uh, like, you know, have a reason to run the race.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, our Thanksgiving Day races are so popular. Oh my God! You know, for MS, but a lot of people don't really care about the charity; they want to run on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, know, it has, goes both ways. And,
0: uh, yeah, and since then, you know, I've I've lost thirty pounds, and yeah, you know, I started getting into you know triathlon and duathlons, and So it was it really had a big impact. That's why I think I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what you've seen or around the impact that running has had for people.
2: Well, not only for people, but for families. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I see like Kathy sent me pictures of you guys running with your kids. Oh, my God, that's fabulous. And that's what it's all about. I mean, I go to my races. And I look to see who's running and it's mom, dad, and that's the kids are now involved. Um, You know, and I say to myself, wow, here's a 12 year old kid running with with her uh, parents. I said, I never had that as a kid. Uh You know, I mean, it was a great way to spend time with the family. And, you know, you run the race, you have afterwards and people meet up and hook up and talk and it's such a social gathering and it's great for the kids to be out amongst athletes and i think that's one of the things that i love the most about my work was i'm working with people who want to be fit who want to be healthy and who also like to drink a beer at eight o'clock in the morning (laughs) you know what i mean but you know I, and I always bring this up. I, I love my Thanksgiving day races because not only do I see mom and dad, but I see grandmom and grandpa in the event with their grandchildren and it goes generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about what I have been able to create and what I see. Um, it's just absolutely fabulous. Uh, see the families get together and, uh, you know, uh, support each other. And, uh, you know, now a lot of times the kids have to run with mom and dad uh, to push them
0: a little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rather exactly. than the, the other yeah, way around. You, you can't keep, keep up with them now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dave Farron is a prime, a prime example. You know, DJ um, could never beat his dad. And then I'll never forget seeing Dave Farren's post. Well, it was bound to happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> DJ kicked my butt. You know, and that's neat stuff. You yes. know, it's just friendly competition. I guess is what you call it. So, you know, it's 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 been fun. And uh, I remember when Doug White was alive. In my office in Rehoboth, I have a picture of Doug finishing the uh, what race was it? It was in San Francisco. Him and Stephen crossing the finish line holding hands or wearing their Pike Creek Valley singlets, and they ran like 241 and they won the father son team competition or whatever. And uh, yeah, I have it hanging in my office. Um, Susan, I asked Susan for it when Doug passed away because it really meant a lot to me. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you you don't you'll never forget.
0: Yep, and I think that definitely times do change, and you know it sounds like you and Barb and, and your team has have really adapted well, and oh, thank it you. Seems like it's you've continued to grow, and and especially I think even you know with more recent times and and the whole social distancing, how how have you guys adapted to that?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. I'm glad you actually asked that because we're in a pandemic. Um, I think Governor Carney's done a great job. Um, It's hurt a lot of small businesses, hospitality, especially um, Mm -hmm. retail, especially. Uh, Even my business was shut down. You know, we haven't done a race since February 15th. uh, And, you know, but fortunately, you know, I've been in the business long enough and, you know, we have our investments and on and on. But anyway, it got to the point when Governor Carney came out with phase one we okay. 250 people can gather outside. And I said to myself, I said, you know, I said, I, I, all I do is read about safety, you know, safety, um, and how, uh, you know, what, what is expected in the future.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, and I said, you know, I'm going to find a location and see if I can put on a, a small 5k to make kind of like, get back to normal just yeah. for a 5k just for go out and run a 5k as normal um and i do the Winterfest uh 5k part of Winterfest at hudson fields okay and i know the hudson family and i called them and i said this is what i'd like to do and they go wow we'd love to have you come in and do this <laughs> and i picked the um epworth food pantry Epworth church food pantry uh they're in rehoboth as our beneficiary um and they're getting donations coming in and you know it's going to be the safest event you're ever going to run because you can't get into hudson fields unless you go through a gate there's a gate entrance to get in and a gate entrance to come out and i've been talking to eddie hartwell with nova And we have so much timing equipment. It'll be like a cross-country start. Mats will be placed six feet apart. Um, We have five mats going across. And it's all wireless. You know, it's not wires going around. It's all wireless. And I have, we'll have, actually, they're going to be little American flags because it's on July 4th at Hudson Fields. And we're going to have five rows of five people in each row, six feet apart. You can't get through the gate. We're going to take your temperature when you take when you pick up your race packet, which will be either Friday night at Epworth Church, and it'll be a drive-through. You just stay in your car. You know, here's your number, here's your shirt. Um, you know, and go on your way. Show up and you know, have your number on what wave start you are, five minutes apart. So if you're in the fifth wave start and the race starts at seven thirty, you're not going off till seven uh 55 see what i'm saying so So you don't have to do a wave start yeah it'll be a wave start and it's a two-loop course and it's all you know on private gravel. it's on gravel and grass and when you finish um and so then all the people will be lined up and you have to wear a mask to get in Mm -hmm. and once you get to the starting line take your mask off once the race starts if you want to put it back on when people are passing you or whatever be my guest and the finish line is right next to the starting line, but over about 30 yards, so it's out of the way. And as soon as you finish, you go right out. We have a, it'll be funneled. You go right out the gate, and on your way out the gate, we're going to give you a, a one volunteer on gloves and a mask. We'll give you a box lunch. We'll give you a bottle of water, and you go to your car. So you're just coming in to run the race. If you want to socialize, if you want to socialize out in the parking lot, be my guest. Do your social distancing. We have seven porta-potties. Every porta, every time somebody goes on a porta-potty, they come out, that handle will be wiped down. We're not going to clean the inside, but we will <laughs> wipe down each porta-potty. And then through Clean Delaware, we have sanitation stations that they're um, donating. You can use, you know, Peral stations or whatever you want to call to wash your hands. So it will be the safest 5K you will ever want Wow, to
1: this buy. is really smart planning. Yeah, yeah. And, is, and there's yeah.
2: no water stops. You get a bottle of water when you enter um, the gate, when you exit the gate. And depending on how hot it is, we could have a bo- water bottle stop out on the course. Um, and, you know, the volunteer will have a mask on. Uh, and actually, I, ha- I bought these protective shields. So they're going to wear a mask and they're also going to have a protective shield, like a welder. Mm. You know, those plastic shields, you see. <laughs> yeah, so i already buying signs. I'm buying everything because I have a feeling... You know, we're not going to put on a lot of races with in today's world, but it's slowly going to start again and we're going to be prepared just like, you know, everybody's putting on these virtual races mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. We've done, you know, a handful. We did the eats, um, you know, for the Delaware Restaurant Association, the uh, hospitality workers. We raised four thousand dollars for them and purchased twenty three hundred dollars of gift cards from the uh, different breweries and restaurants. So it was a win win situation Um you know, we're doing the Michael Wardian, uh, Delaware 96. (laughs) Oh man, that guy is a pleasure to deal with. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that, that money's going to go to some food pantries and, you know, it's, it's been an honor to do these things, to give back and to see the generosity of people making donations. So, you know, the virtual races will probably be around forever, but I want to get back into doing real races and, it might take a, a, a two years to do all of them again, but one one every once in a while here and there, we're we're going to be ready. We yeah. will definitely be ready, and uh, I'm real excited about this July Fourth uh, race in Milton, and uh, we'll just show people, hey, we can do this, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, uh, I we think that's how it's going to be.
2: Yeah, we know what we're doing. I know what I'm doing. So.
0: Well, I mean, that's how we're going to get back really right it's just one at a time one race at a time Mm
2: -hmm. and you know what scares me guys is yeah and you know the after party is such a huge part of why we run you know we we run you know we run for time we run for the swag but we also run to get together with everybody afterwards yeah um and that's going to be a challenge that will be the big challenge um, how are we going to, you know, get people to socialize together in a indoor or outdoor confinement? Um,
3: and we'll, we'll
2: figure it out. I know, you know, the women's race, we're going to put that on, uh, at the Logan house. So we have the outdoor, uh, patio. Um, he's going to let us use, you know, almost the whole restaurant and, uh, you know, we can move stuff outside, but it'll go on and we'll do wave starts and it'll be as safe as can be for women early. And it'll be a blast.
0: Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know. three things I'll say to that is one, number one, I think you're right. People, people need this. You know, runners need this. You know, I think a lot of yeah. people are, a lot of runners yeah. are are really looking to to have an event. That's one, and also I think charities need it. I'm sure exactly. uh, a lot of charities have taken a, a hit from yeah from the slowdown and 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 due to the pandemic as well and i think number three it looks like you've thought of everything to safeguard the participants uh, yeah and... it's
2: it's gonna you know it's it's pretty cool what we're gonna do i'm I'm really excited and i i just want to get people thinking wow we're getting slowly getting back to normal this is our phase one 5k you know this is what we're gonna end up doing you know we want you to come out and run you're gonna get your chip time you know and uh, you're going to get the email. We're not going to have chaos af- afterwards to punch in your times, but you go on your phone. It's mm-hmm. live.
3: You yeah. can pick up your, you know, uh,
2: you know, take a picture of it. I post it on Facebook, but, <laughs> you know, it'll be different. But And, you know, it's all about science. You know, I think everybody knows that once they come out with the vaccine, uh, you know, give it a couple of years. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back. We will come back. You know, runners strong. Runners are
1: strong. They are.
0: Yeah, and it's the first step to getting back to normal, you know. Yeah. um, So yeah, so if anybody out there looking for a race, that's Fourth of July, you said, right?
2: Yeah, in Milton at Hudson Field, seven thirty, and it'll be uh, no day of race registration, uh, all pre-registration, and uh, yeah, we're real excited about it.
0: And all they have to go to, all they have to do is go to races to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: right on the homepage. Uh huh. And Phase wh- 1
0: 5K. When is the registration going to be open? Because I think you're probably going to get flooded with people. It's open now. Oh, yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah,
2: it's open now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we have 70 people signed up already. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, and after is two, it, after is it, two days. Is That's it awesome. a
1: limited uh, number of people? I'm assuming uh, once you, well, w- you know, once you get to 250, you have to end it
2: that's a good question kath because phase one (laughs) is 250 people but they're coming out with phase two on june the 15th
3: that's right yeah
2: so you know if we sell out well you know i will be honest with you i'm not looking for a big crowd i'm looking to make sure that we can put on a safe sound event and show people hey you know we've always been the leader in delaware running and I want to make sure that everybody walks away saying that was really cool. They really got it together, yeah. and uh, that that's my goal. Um, you know and it's up to the people you know they have to play the game. you know they have to have the face mask on before they enter the gate. Uh, they have to have the face mask on when they pick up their race packet. Um, but when they're out on the trail, hey they can take it off because you know I talk to people who run the trails you know, Cape Henlopen Park, um, Breakwater Trail. They said that's never been busier. It's never, they've never seen so many people out there.
3: Yeah, everybody Um, wants to be Between the bikers and the
2: runners. Yeah, yeah. And I said, this is going to be the same thing. I mean, you have to remember, we're five minutes apart. You're getting people on the course, and then you're getting people leaving the course. So there'll be so many people running, you know, on this gravel path um, around Hudson Fields. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing different than running on a trail, at Breakwater Trail or whatever. That's so, true.
0: That yeah, makes sense.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we're excited, and uh, <laughs> gives me something to look forward to.
1: <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> I'm, back there, I'm excited for today, you, Wayne, yeah. I, and uh, and I think I you're do. still going to be able to uh, give them a uh, the runners the experience that they've been they've been yearning for. You know, for the yeah. last what eleven? Yeah. We're going on how many weeks now? Oh my god! Yeah, it's, I know. Yeah, it's it, it's, yeah, I've lost count. I've lost count. But and, uh, you know.
2: It, it really is. It's unbelievable because once everything started shut down, uh, I look at look at my races <laughs> and nobody's been signing up since um, March 15th for because they don't know if there's going to be a race. We've canceled so many. Yeah. We've postponed yeah. so many. We've gone virtual with so many that, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Well, I have to I'll, I'll, I wanted to chime in really quick. I know you we were talking about virtual races and, and that's. Possibly going to be the new norm for, I don't know, the next year or two. Yeah. But um, I was never, you know, this is. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll confess. When everyone said, "Oh, there's going to be virtual races," I'm like, "No, that is not yeah. me. I want to be, you know, because it's it's so hard to to run by yourself in in terms of a race. Yep. You know, there's you don't have anyone to gauge, you know, your effort. There's no spectators. There's no supportive yep. crowd." but i have to say when you started putting up the virtual races with the high mileage i was so game <laughs> for that um yeah. i've never ran more than i have in the last 2 months uh, oh, good yeah. For you. I mean, I was running more. I was putting on more mileage than when I was um training for the LA Marathon in March. I was looking at my really? my data
3: good for you, and yeah. I was like,
1: "Oh my goodness." So, and and it's it's actually kind of cool. I I love the fact that you you still try to keep that um camaraderie. You know, yeah. yes, we're not we're not live. We're it, not there to, you know, high five. But I like
2: to post it. the pictures. Yeah. I, I really and, enjoy and, uh, yeah. You know, and it gives me a lot of satisfaction. And and I'll tell you what, Kathy, I have learned so much about how you guys who run can document your times and stuff between Strava, (laughs) Garmin, all Samsung, all these techniques, all this technology that I'm learning that people are so good at, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. And I love posting that stuff and I'm hoping that other people feel the same way I do. I'm impressed. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff, you know.
1: Well, for me uh, it was uh it was it was actually quite inspiring. You know, I, I'm 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 pretty competitive. You I don't know if you know that, but oh, I uh know that. <laughs> But it was just really cool to see other individuals that i 've never met before. I think a lot of them were down at the beach. Um, some of them were really fa- really fast runners i'm like, oh, you know i 'm going to try to better yeah. my run so even though we 're not in a race um, environment, you know you, I, still, I still was able to get that um, uh, you know the 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 race high from seeing other that's people's cool. results and their pictures uh-huh. and you know where they ran. It was actually you know for me I it was know. like you know this is this is not bad. I I, I don't and and the Good great thing you. the great thing about r- virtuals run is you know you can run anytime you want you know yes, morning exactly. night whatever exactly um, yeah so, and
2: I think that's gotten a lot of people. I think this pandemic has gotten a lot of people into exercising more than ever. Um, you know what else are they going to do? and you, know, you can only sit around watching Netflix so much, and you know people you know who've never run before are going out and at least walking, and they jog a little bit, you know, but I'm hoping that these people will want to run a race once we you know start going live again, newbies,
0: yeah, that will just grow the sport I think um Thank do you, do you I still hope so. run?
2: Wayne? well you know 10 years ago i had my left hip done nine yeah. years ago my right hip done so i walk okay.
3: um
2: I, I did walk a half marathon the um music half marathon in sarasota florida with my wife that was funny because on barbie's 60th birthday she goes let's go to sarasota i want to run i asked her i said what do you want for your birthday she goes i want to go to sarasota and walk this half marathon music <laughs> half marathon i said oh great great i'll come i'll be your handler and she goes no i want you to do it with me oh, i said wow gosh. i said you know what that'll be fun you know to train again and you know just like running a marathon i had my schedules of walking for time and and my goal was three hours and 10 minutes you know and uh, we did it in three hours nine minutes that's and like 50 awesome. seconds or something oh, yeah yeah really so, and it was a wonderful wonderful uh, half marathon um, the guy who organized it, uh, used to put on the New York city triathlon and he moved to Sarasota and put on this event. And I, I wrote him a nice email and congratulate him as a first time, you know, uh, event, what a wonderful job he did. And we kind of communicate back and forth to this day. It's <laughs> That's really, awesome. really neat. But, but, you know, with, with, um, you know, what you're saying, uh, in yeah, a virtual runs are here to stay, um, the distances, yeah, they're very distances, and you know, getting new people involved—it's uh, it, just wonderful. It really is, and uh, I think it's really neat that you can post your times because I can't wait to see how long it takes some people to do 96 miles, and then Michael Wardian will post his time of 22 hours or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it's mind-boggling, you know. And you talk to the guy. And when, when we when we were talking, because he called me, emailed me, actually, um, they were looking for a place to rent for the summer because his parents, his his wife's parents lived down um, in Rehoboth. And with the kids being out of school and on and on, they said, well, let's just spend our summer and maybe a year down the beach. And so we started talking and ended up um, he was telling me about his run across the country. And I said, well, wow. I said, how about running the length of Delaware as a warm-up? He goes, that would be epic.
3: And I was only kind of
2: kidding. You know, I just say he goes, I, you know, and I said, you're going to do that? He goes, yeah, let's do it. And I said, oh, my God, let's put this together.
3: Yeah, that's so such that's, a cool that's idea. That's how it's
2: come.
1: That's awesome. Yeah,
2: so that's how, that's how it's come about. He's a great guy. He's you know, such he's... a
1: humble guy. I was, we were, oh I, I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of times and even – Had to, you know, make sure my kids got to take a picture and meet him. He's so humble and such a talented runner. Oh my god! He does so much good with it too. Yes,
2: exactly. He's he's, you know, you go to a race that he's at, and he takes his, he talks to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's such a cool guy. I don't know how he does it. I really, you know, he finished my Delaware marathon and won it in like 235 or something. Um, Or no, no, 229, something like that. And I handed him his medal, you know, and we were talking and he goes, I goes, okay, I got to go run another 10 miles. (laughs) And he went out and he ran another 10 miles. I said, you're out of your
1: mind, you know? (laughs) <laughs> he's like this he's was so just great. a warm-up <laughs> yeah, oh so,
2: yeah it's one of the personalities that i've been blessed to have met in my line of work to say the least
0: yeah well Wayne, i think we could probably talk for hours uh, more thank you yeah um,
2: it's been fun it has oh, been you've, you've made me think back <laughs> and uh you know some wonderful wonderful memories that seemed like yesterday to yeah, be honest awesome. with
0: you yeah we'll have to yeah. hopefully you know, if you're game we'll have to do this again and we'll we'll see how things are kind of down the road <laughs> yeah think i hope to see you at one of the races yeah. for sure yeah i think for that'll sure. be fun actually cool um, so I, I i always end the the podcast with some rapid fire questions for sure. our guests so um uh just get into that now so uh i know you said you kind of just uh run walk now or or walk but so would you say uh metaphorically speaking do you think you're when you go for your walk you're walking from something or towards something
2: um always walking towards something for sure
0: so when's your favorite time to get out there
2: I'm an early morning guy. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, very early. If I if I put it off afternoon, nah, I'm going for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got I, I want to get it done as soon as I can. I, I'm I'm more energy in the morning than, uh, than afternoons.
0: When life gets overwhelming, what do you do to clear your head or reset?
2: Well, I've been blessed to um, know Johnny Gillespie, who taught me yoga. And I go through my routines, you know, sometimes three times a day. Um, you know, and I have a 15-minute routine. And if I'm having, you know, a bad day, I just—I love doing it out on my lanai or on my back pool patio. And it's just my—I have—I call it my little square. You know, I have squares from tiles and stuff, and I'm on my little tile. This is my time for myself, and that's how I chill out.
0: Um, what would you say, well? Where would you say your is your uh, quote unquote happy place?
2: My happy place, uh, my home in Florida.
1: We have to go visit you one day. <laughs> oh, I am yeah. You know,
2: I, I, it's um, my wife and I have been very very fortunate, and uh, as you guys know, we don't do a lot in the winter time because running it's not seasonal, but the busy time is busy, and the winter time it's it's slow and we don't do a lot so we're fortunate that we uh invested in a home in Florida um and uh, we just love it down here
0: you get to you get to escape Delaware winter
3: yes
2: that.
0: that's good <laughs>
3: well
2: and with replaced hips um I'm not good in cold weather uh I think the titanium gets cold or something it makes me cold uh, so I'm
3: a I'm a warm weather guy
0: last one uh what advice would you give someone just finishing high school or college because it's that time of the year trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do with their life?
2: Wow, that's a great question. Um,
1: Putting you on the spot.
2: You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, you find something that you love to do, and if you can make it into a job, it's really not work. It's, you know, uh, you you just got to find that little niche. Everybody has their little niche. And uh, you find that little niche, you're going to be happy for life.
0: That's great advice. I, I, am selfishly asked that too for myself, as even though <laughs> I'm already in my, uh, my 40s. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: I, I see it all the time. You know, some people who, you know, they don't want to go to work. They're not happy people. And then I see other people who, you know, uh, they just love what they do. And uh, and, you know, they're vibrant (laughs) It shows and just find that little niche, find that happiness. And uh, boy, life is a lot better.
1: Absolutely. I I absolutely agree.
0: Yeah. Do you have any kind of last parting words for uh, our listeners before we close out?
2: Oh, you know, step at a time. You know, we're in difficult times right now. Uh, you know, families probably hopefully have gotten closer together, living, you know, being home. Uh, be patient. Um, all of this will go away. It will go away. We just all have to be patient. Um, and I think that's that's the best advice I can give.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm certainly being patient, but looking forward to getting yep. back to normal. and, and
2: Exactly. Running. Exactly. And it's just going to take time.
0: Yep, and running in one of your races.
2: Oh, thank you. I can't wait to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Thanks, uh, Wayne. It's been a pleasure.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been my 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 honor to be able to uh you know chat with two good friends.
0: <laughs>
1: That's keep awesome.
2: up the good work, guys. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Wayne. And items. like I said before, we I we're I'm just very uh fortunate to to know you, get to know you better. And, uh, yeah, really enjoyed this conversation. All the uh, all these backstories were really cool. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and I hope our listeners will, will appreciate yeah. them, you know?
2: Yeah, I have a lot more, but I'm not going
1: to. Next know. time.
2: A, yep, There'll be a great Wayne, great ride. Wayne
1: Part 2. <laughs>
2: That's it. Thank you, gang. Be good.
0: And to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. We will have Wayne's contact info in our show notes. And we will catch you on the
1: next one. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast. You can find show notes and other episodes, as well as articles from many of our contributors on weRunwithyou.org. We are at We Run With You on Instagram and Facebook. You can also connect with Wayne through Facebook or at races2run DE on Instagram or simply go to racestorun.com. Until next time, keep doing good.